Hello, welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Sisters Edition with your hosts, Ariane Smith and Tiffany Hales. Real life sisters here to bring you the Mormon news. Exactly, <laughs> for the month of February. February. And we're doing it a little different this month. We are going to have two episodes because there wasn't a podcast last week mm-hmm. and there obviously has been a lot of stuff in the news this week. Yes. We just had a massive amount of stories. And so we decided instead of doing an extra long podcast that's over an hour, because nobody wants to listen to no. a podcast that's over an hour. You don't. We're going to do two minis. Exactly. So we split it up. We did. Episode we, one. We Episode one. Which is what we're on now. Yes. We're, we're going to talk hard news. Hard news. Episode two, which we're going to record right after this. We're going to talk pop culture news. Exactly. And it is my understanding that they are both going to be released at the same time. So you don't have to like listen to one and wait for the other. But we thought that that would be a good way to divide them out because we had equal amounts of like really fun pop culture news we wanted to talk about, as well as heartbreaking news. Hard, not heartbreaking. Well, some of it might be. (laughs) Yes, some of it might be. Hard hitting news. Hard hitting news. That is the adjective I am looking for. And, you know, since February is the shortest month of the year, why not have super-sized episode of Twin Sisters? It's two, like, two for, little shorty ones. No, it's like two for the price of one. I know, which is so funny that February is the shortest month, but we got a lot of news this month. Seriously. Lots, lots of stuff happening. Okay. Seriously. So let's let's catch up from last let's month. Catch That's up a little. Going on in lives. Okay. My extra steak that we always talk about. I feel like deja vu. Do you remember last summer? I think it was last summer at the end of the summer. I was like, my steak is bring my steak is famous for bringing in famous LDS people to talk. Yes, they bring them in on the sensi yes. plate. They they bring them in. The sensi guy lives in your steak, <laughs> so, and he's like, hey, I'll. Fly so at in the end you. of last summer, we had Bonnie Corden uh-huh. come and do um, a fireside for the youth. Yes. And she's coming back to do a fireside for the Release Society Sisters what? in two weeks. Are someone, you kidding me? Someone has the hookup. Are you kidding no, me? No, someone has the hookup with Bonnie Corden. I don't know who it is. She's like somebody's mother-in-law or cousin or something. I have no idea. But clearly someone in my sake knows her and she's coming back. And But they've opened it up for like a regional thing. Anyway. Oh, so when is, when is this occurring? Do you recall? March 12th. Your steak will probably get invited. Which is kind of funny because March, no, no, no. So March 12th is a Sunday. It's a Sunday they're doing it. Okay, because the day before on March 11th, we are doing a steak uh, women's Relief Society women's event. Yeah. This so is our conflict with our steak. We, every year we do a steak Relief Society thing this, on a Sunday this time of year. No, usually it's on a Tuesday night, but I, I'm guessing Bonnie, we're scheduling around Bonnie. Well, that's probably true. Um, but they are also having the president of BSU, who I did not realize was LDS. Did you know she was LDS? Marlene Trump is LDS. I'm assuming if she's speaking at this fireside. I don't think she's LDS. <laughs> Wait, I, I need to get my phone and Google okay, that. You Google because I in the, you, me, in you, the meantime, I have a hilarious... Okay, you tell your hilarious story because I—I I mean, I don't—I don't—I'm I, not dissing on the president of of BSU. I mean, she is maybe she, she's not. I she's just assume very she, very liberal. But, but I was shocked that she was. But maybe she's just speaking. But they maybe. said she's speaking about God, so maybe she's just Christian and coming to speak about. Huh. Anyway, um, in on the topic of extra and. Special things that okay. boards and stakes do. I have a friend. I just have to share this because it makes me laugh so hard. I have a friend. She does not live here. She lives out of state. Um, 
her ward that she lives in in the summertime when, you know, it's warm and, you know, light late at night and it's a party. Her bishop does every Sunday night at midnight. He calls it McMidnight. And Sunday night, like, like, not like Saturday leading into Sunday or Sunday after church is over leading into Monday. After church is over midnight, Monday morning, he does, um, McMidnight and takes the kids to McDonald's. Is that not hilarious? <laughs> I about died when she told me. I so, about died laughing. So it's 12. It's, this is like this is like BYU. This is like what we used to do at BYU. Exactly. We would go to Village Inn at 12 a.m. on Monday morning. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I love it so much. I think it's hilarious. And I think the best part of it is the name McMidnight. McMidnight. Yes, that is funny. <laughs> Okay, so I I am I am I am cruising Marlene Trump here. I'm to her Wikipedia page. Let's see what it says on her Wikipedia page. Okay. Well, there there is nothing on her Wikipedia page that that makes me believe that she is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So maybe they just are being like maybe they just invited her cuz she's a member of the community. Uh, she's a member of the community. Apparently she believes in God and has some things to say about okay. that. So, well, I'm actually I'm really interested in this. You're going to need to go because like good on your stake for thinking outside the box I and know. inviting her to a women's conference and good for her for accepting it. Because I mean, let's face it, we could be a tough crowd. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I'll report okay. back. Oh, I'm very interested yeah. in this now. Well, you're going to get invited too, probably. Uh, well, I probably they're won't. opening it up because you're know, opening it up. If, well, maybe if, I'll just have to come. If you're having Bonnie Corden come all the way, you've got to open it up. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like what they did when they brought in Sherry Dew. Yes, okay. fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so what's new with you? Okay, so speaking of stakes and state conference, we had state conference in January, and I, I can't remember why I didn't talk about this in the January episode, but. My husband was asked to pray in state conference. And so, you know, he and I are kind of talking about this in advance. You know, mm-hmm. what what do you do? What do you say? And I said, here's the deal with praying in state conference. You get up, you invite the spirit to the meeting, you thank everybody for being there, and then you shut up and you sit down. Yeah. Because we have had kind of a variety of different types of prayers of state conference in my state. There was one time, it was a closing prayer. Oh. And um, uh, I was particularly tired. I don't know if I hadn't slept well the night before or whatever. Like this closing prayer went on and on and on. Like it was seriously like oh, a five minute no, closing you can't, prayer. You can't do that at the end. Well, here's what happened. I started, I fell asleep and started <laughs> snoring in the middle of the prayer because it was so dang long. And my husband's like elbowing me. And so I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. No talk for the prayer. And then we've also had somebody get up in state conference with their little phone and read the prayer for state conference. Now, it is my understanding, although I did not witness this firsthand, firsthand, that that person got got a little chided by the by a member of the state presidency because reading the prayer for state conference is not an appropriate way to pray in state conference. So I told my husband, I said, get up five or six sentences, sit down, shut up. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. I think you got to keep it that way for sacrament meeting too. I, I agreed. Amen. 
short, shorter, the better. Did I ever tell you that we are having youth say prayers in our sacrament meeting now? Yes, you mentioned oh, I that. Could, I couldn't remember if I because, had mentioned that or not. Yeah, because I was talking about how we have youth leading the music. Oh, yeah. See, we've, yeah. we've done that for, yeah. well, we don't do it in this ward, but our old ward had done that for yes. years, but the prayers were new. Anyway, they stopped. They paused. Maybe they're going to bring it back. Maybe they went through all the youth and okay. now they have to wait a while. You know what my ward's doing for sacrament meeting prayers? I've noticed the last few weeks. What? They are calling up in advance people that we have not seen at church for a while and inviting them to say the prayers is a method to get them to come oh, to church. You mean young men or like grown up men? Like like adults. Adults. Like adults <laughs> that we haven't seen for a while. They're going to catch on to that pretty quickly. Anyway, I was like... <laughs> that's I'm I'm giving them I'm giving them props for having the guts to do that because that, that takes a lot of guts. guts because I think people will be on to you oh, yeah like <laughs> I said I was just like the first week it happened I was like whoa okay somebody got smart on that but you know what then they then that family returned the next week too but oh. they didn't have to pray wow. so anyway do you not have enough young men in your ward or are they just sharing the love uh, well, we, we have, we haven't invited the youth to pray, which is probably a good thing because oh, I thought you meant the sacrament prayers. No, you mean the, the, no, no, no. I the need opening. the opening and closing oh, prayer. I'm not yes, talking yes, the yes. sacrament prayer. Okay. No, no, no. We, we, we are having a hard enough time with the young men struggling to understand the concept of how to pass the sacrament that I don't really think at this point we want them to pray. We we need to master that task first. <laughs> anyway, yeah, last Sunday was just like, it was kind of, my, my husband was like zoned out in his zone and it was oblivious to what was going on. And I probably should have been zoned out in the zone because it was a hot mess. Oh, <laughs> boys scattered everywhere. Boys scattered everywhere. Didn't know what they were doing talking to each other i'm just like one kid had a bloody nose in the middle of oh no oh no yeah it was just not that's a situation it was situation (laughs) all of a sudden he's out the door and he passes it off to the nearest priest and older next to him and now he has the water he's got two trays and he doesn't know what to do oh man anyway it was it was it was yeah (laughs) Anyway, so <laughs> poor kid, poor kid. So, um, should we do some news? Yes, since we are here yes. for the hard hitting news. Oh, we got a doozy this week. We do have a doozy this week. So, um, our opening story should be of no surprise to anybody who has opened any Mormon publication, newspaper at all this week. Um, the church, along with Enzyme Peak, which is wholly owned by the church and is an investment arm of the church, got a little $5 million fine this week from the Securities and Exchange Commission. Yeah. So I have to tell you how I found out about this. This was kind of funny. <laughs> so Tuesday, I'm at my office and um, I... I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. I work with, I have never had an office with kind of a higher percentage of LDS people that work in the office. It's, it's, it's it, anyway, it, and I, you hardly, you've hardly ever had LDS. I've coworkers. hardly ever worked with members of the church. And you, when you told me your boss was LDS, I was like, really? Yeah. Anyway. You've never had an LDS no, boss. No, never had an LDS boss. Anyway. And, and it's, it's, it, there wasn't any intent in how that hiring all went down. It just kind of is what it is. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but. <laughs> 
I, I, they all know I do a podcast. I'm not sure any of them have had, have been brave enough to listen to it. Probably because they have to listen to me enough in the office. They're like, yeah, we, we don't need any extra. So I can't remember where I was or what I was doing, but I stepped away from my desk and then I come back to, to my desk and there's an article on my desk about this SEC filing. And I'm like, who printed this off and delivered it to my desk? So I went around to the potential suspects and finally I got to my boss. I'm like, are you responsible for this? And he's like, yes, I am. He's like, you might want to characterize that under Mormons behaving badly. (laughs) Cause although he doesn't listen to the podcast, he knows enough to know that I have a segment on Mormons behaving badly. Cause I'm always telling him about the Mormons behaving badly. And now he's on the lookout for Mormons behaving badly. No, he's on the lookout for Mormons behaving badly. And he found the closest ones you could get to home. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, this was this is a rough story. This has caused quite the quite the stir this week. It really has. So anyway, um, to uh, and we have multiple news articles about it because mm-hmm. um, first of all, there was the initial article that came out. And then Deseret News did an opinion piece mm-hmm. and then Common Consent did an opinion piece. And this was like point counterpoint. And so right. we're going to talk about that. They were very stark. Uh, they were very different. stark. And then just kind of some highlights from the SEC report. So, And we, we're waiting for the Tribune opinion piece. Yeah. I, I haven't seen one from them yet. <laughs> the, the Tribune has not done a piece. They've done a lot of articles on it, but has not, not done a piece yet. Not an opinion piece. So... Um, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so let's give a little background here. Okay. There was an individual who happened to work for Enzyme Peak, like I said, investment arm of the church. And his name was David A. Nielsen. And, and he had kind of an interesting background. He worked on um, Wall Street and he worked for um, several, he, he had a lucrative career and he, and he, and he leaves that lucrative career because he gets an offer from Enzyme Peak and he thinks, oh, I'm going to go work for the church. Mm. Um, you know, this, you know, and do good things with this investment and this money. And, and he, he quickly soured on working for Enzyme Peak and he disagreed with the Mm. methods and some of the things that Enzyme Peak was doing. And he ultimately filed this whistleblower complaint. And so he files this whistleblower complaint with the IRS and, and the basis of his whistleblower complaint was a couple of things. First of all, he was saying they're not paying taxes and they should pay taxes because they're not using this money for charitable purposes and they're making all of this profit. So that was one of his things. And then another one of his beefs was this SEC filing. So this is where the church landed in trouble. So the church starts Enzyme Peak in 1997, and I believe they dumped like $100 million. They dumped a bunch of money, mm-hmm. seed money into Enzyme Peak to, to start this. To start this, And so there's a certain point in time where if you have investments over, I'm trying to remember what the was, amount was. Um, hundred million. hundred million, I think. Yeah. yeah. If you have investments over a hundred mm-hmm. million, you have to fill out this SEC far, form, which is known as the 13F. And so as Enzyme Peak continues to grow in its investments and they are hitting these thresholds, they don't want to have to fill out this 13F form because this 13F form is a public form that anybody can access. And people like to follow these 13F forms because they like to see how big hedge funds and money managers, what they're Mm -hmm. investing in and, and, and what they are, where they're putting their money. So the church has a whole variety of reasons 
Yes, I've heard many. I've heard many as well. Uh, Let's talk about some of those reasons. Let's talk about the speculation here. The speculation is why they wanted to avoid having to fill the 13F form out and disclose this publicly. Right. Speculation A. First of all, we had no idea the amount and wealth of their investments until 2019. That's when the whistleblower came out. That's when the whistleblower came out. And and said it was like... How many billions? Uh, 35, 30 billion, something yeah, like that. Close to 40 billion. And yeah. that's when the church started filling out the 13F form. And mm-hmm. we were like, oh, he wasn't kidding. They really do have that much money. Right. Anyway. So there's a lot of speculation on why they wanted to break this out. So what they did instead of instead of this, they broke it out into all these little tiny corporations. Yes. That, you know. Yeah. So what what they did is that um, so they said, oh, they they created these different LLCs. And so there was the Enzyme Peak LLC and then they had all these other little other LLCs and they would have they would say, oh, this LLC is managing this and this LLC is managing that so that it looked like the management of this. $30 $30 billion was being done by a whole bunch of different, different LLCs. People. So they different didn't, people. didn't have to fill out this form and say what they were investing in. And say in. what they were investing in. Exactly. And they so. went to arms. They went to extreme lengths to really like, oh, this person, people can see this person works for the church. So we better not have them sign this form and we better do this instead. I mean, they were really going to great lengths to hide this. Right. Now, supposedly they are wanting to hide this for a couple of different reasons. Um, One potential reason is they don't want the amount of money. I mean, this money has just ballooned. Yes. And, you know, that's great. They can do a lot of good with that money. But one of the reasonings is if people realize how much money there is, they might not pay their tithing anymore. (laughs) That's very true. Or as much tithing. They might not pay their tithing or as much tithing. The church may get significant backlash for why. And I think we saw this as soon we as did. it became public. A couple of years ago when this came out, there was a big backlash. Big backlash like, in terms of you have this much money. You should be helping more people. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And they faced an onslaught of criticism about how they were managing their money and what they were doing with it. Um, there was, There's also been speculation that maybe they wanted to hide this because they don't want people saying, oh my gosh, the church isn't investing in Disney. I got to invest in Disney. Mm-hmm. The Lord loves Disney. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I've used this argument in the opposite. <laughs> my husband will go off on a tangent. Like, and I'm not going to say which companies he dislikes, but he has some <laughs> strong feelings on companies. And so I happened to buy a product from a particular company that shall not be named. And my husband basically said I was going to go to hell for buying this particular <laughs> product from this particular company because they were so evil. And then I just pulled up the SEC flying. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to be in good company because the church owns this much stock in this company. So if I'm going to hell, they're going with me. That is hilarious. It was so funny. That's hilarious. Well, and that is another reason that people are speculating also is, you know, these funds have so many different companies in there. Are people going to pick through this with a fine tooth comb and be like, oh my gosh, 
the church invested in a fund that owns a casino or something like that, you know? Which I I think they've been very careful to do uh, that because if you recall, when these funds, this list of funds first came out, they were noticeably absent was any soda company. They did not invest in any caffeine-related products. Well... (laughs) That's not a thing anymore. I come on. on. Apparently it's enough not to invest in. Oh my god! So gosh. no Coca-Cola, no Pepsi, none of that. So there's just been a vast array yes. of reasons yes. um, why this may or may not have happened. Exactly. I have another theory too, and nobody online has addressed this oh, theory. What's this? This is this is my little lawyer hat that they didn't want it out there how much the church is worth because the church repeatedly gets sued over and over and over again for all sorts of different stuff. And they didn't want to invite more lawsuits to go, oh, that's a wealthy church or to say, hey, judge, you should make them pay this amount because that look, look, we know what the dollar signs in their bank account actually are. So there were a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I think there was probably a whole variety of reasons as to why they did not want this information public. So they they devised this, for lack of a better word, scheme. Although in their statement, the church throws the lawyers under the bus. They do, but... And I was a little miffed about them throwing the yes, lawyers under the bus. But they threw the lawyers under the bus. But then when the, the SEC report said this was approved... Oh, yeah. By, yeah. like... The upper, uh, like exactly, they say first presidency level, first presidency level approval. So we got two different stories here. Well, (laughs) again, this is Tiffany one hundred and one. I think that it was. It's very convenient to say, "Oh, we thought we were just fine. We received legal advice." Mm -hmm. So then, when they say, "Yes, we approve this," well, we approve this because our lawyers told us it was okay. I mean, that's why you hire lawyers, right? Exactly. So my question is, (laughs) because you could throw them under the bus. If your lawyers told you this was okay, why are you suing them for malpractice? Because clearly it's not. Right. And the other thing too, in one of these articles, I got to see if I could find it right here. Uh, this was in the Salt Lake Tribune article that two church audit department internal audits of Enzyme Peak, one in 2014 and one in 2017, highlighted the risk that the SEC might disagree with Enzyme Peak's reporting approach. So, so even their internal auditors were saying, oh, this is risky. I'm not denying that the lawyers said, hey, you could probably get away with this Um, because you can basically find two types of lawyers. You can find lawyers that will give you the advice you want to hear, and you can find lawyers that will give you the advice you should hear. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they found some lawyers that gave them the advice that they wanted to hear. And the lawyers were probably like, yeah, you know, bruh, this, this will probably be okay. I, I think we this will be all right. Here, here was the sticking point. So if these little sub LLCs, if they had actually transferred management of the stock to those sub LLCs, mm-hmm. They would have been absolutely fine to continue what they were doing. The biggest problem is, is the sub LLCs were kind of like little shell companies because Enzyme Peak retained all of the management decisions Mm -hmm. for all of these stocks. So that's where they really got into trouble was uh, these these LLCs that said they were running the stock weren't really running the stock. 
they they had they had agreements so they would say that okay this stock falls under the llc of abc company and they have an agreement with abc company that enzyme pink is going to manage it for abc company right so that's what that's how they thought that they were covered but the sec said nah it does not work that way no you have to actually transfer this to abc company and let abc company actually management manage it you can't have an agreement that you get to manage it right abc company doesn't want to manage it. Yeah. So anyway, so very interesting thing. The Deseret News released an opinion piece. Yes. Who, who wrote that opinion piece? Okay. So this opinion piece <laughs> was written and you know what? I didn't copy who they were. Both of them. I, I, when I remember looking at the Deseret News piece, it was written by James Anderson and John Faust. I think they were tax lawyer people mm-hmm. out of DC, if I recall correctly from reading their bio. Right. So here, here is their piece. And so they were, I mean, the church came out, they said, sorry, we messed up. We paid the fine. This is over. They kind of like quick, quick. Yeah. Mikulpa. Oops. Our bad. We're done though. We paid the fine. We're good. And we'll look, we'll look for better lawyers next time. So the Deseret News um, opinion piece was very much, I like, I was shocked at how strongly it was defending the church and just like, this is a, this is a technicality. Like this is just a technicality in the paperwork. Normally the SEC doesn't like make a big deal of these things. And they they, like real hard. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They were like, why y'all making a big deal about this? Because this, this form F 13 F is just not really a, a big deal and it's not really useful and it's not practical. And we just don't understand what the big deal is. Right. So that one was hardcore. Like that one. Calm down, everybody. Calm down, everybody. And then by common consent, um, Sam Brunson released an opinion piece. And he was also quoted in the Tribune article. Um, And he, I I really liked his piece. (laughs) He kind of like held him to it. He was like, look. You violated the rules. You broke the rules. And we go to a church where we expect people to follow the rules and to be honest in our dealings. Like that is a temple recommend question. Yes. Are you honest in your dealings with fellow men? Was the church honest in this dealing? Not particularly. (laughs) So, you know, and that's okay. That happens, but let's like moving forward. I really liked what he said about like, just he personally hopes. I also would hope too, that this maybe inspires some more transparency in the future from the church towards its members, which I know is a criticism that some members have. I know this doesn't bug everybody. Some people are completely fine. Like the church can take our tithing money and do whatever. And like, I have full faith and trust. Like many people feel that way, but I think there are many others that do not feel that way that really feel like, you know what? I would like a little bit more transparency, a little bit more accountability, just a little bit more. Um, And I think that's fair. I don't know. I think it's fair for a person to feel like that. I mean, I know we have trust in the Lord and faith yeah. and faith in our leaders, but also I don't think I, the church is so big. It is massive. It is a business. It's a business. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with a little more transparency. And also for me, just personally, it feels a little icky that they don't trust us enough. Yes. Like like the statement, and this didn't come from the church. I know this is also mm-hmm. speculation, but we we're pretty sure that like, this is one of the thoughts that was discussed. Like, yeah. will the members stop paying their yes. tithing? 
personally, that makes me feel a little bit icky to think that high up leaders in the church think, well, if it gets out that we have, you know, billions of dollars, people might stop paying their tithing. Well, that's true, but you also have to have faith in the members. Like there are many, many faithful members that will be fine with that and they will continue to pay their tithing. And they just want, they're just hoping that you continue to do good. And the church does do a lot of good. Yeah. And I think they could do more. Everybody could do more. (laughs) I mean, when you have that many billion, you could do endless amounts of good. But I think it just feels kind of icky that like they would have that little of faith in the members. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, and, and and I think that's I think I think that that was one of a laundry list of concerns, and and I agree with you as well because it, I mean this isn't faith shattering to me in paying my tithing because paying my tithing is not about that that's between me and the Lord. I never right. think of when I'm paying my tithing that I'm like paying it to the church or Salt Lake or the First Presidency. I'm like. This is a commandment that the Lord has given me and I am paying this to the Lord and whatever happens to my tithing dollar once I hit the submit button, uh, I don't really care because that's not what this is about. This is about something that the Lord has asked me to do. And so I'm doing that. I'm choosing to do that because I'm choosing Mm -hmm. to exercise that faith and, and understanding that that principle. Right. So I don't know. It's also interesting, the various reactions. I feel like every time we have one of these big scandals, like the the abuse thing, this thing, I feel like it really divides the members. It does. (laughs) There's there's like two camps. Like there's a camp like the church screwed up. We want more transparency. And there's, there's the camp that's like, get over it. It's fine. Yeah. Calm down. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And I just wish that we could have room for each other. Exactly. <laughs> and um, just recognize, and also for ourselves, I, I think sometimes it is scary mm-hmm. when you have grown up and just tried to be so faithful your whole life and never yeah. talk bad about leaders. I think it can be a really unsettling feeling inside to feel like they messed up. Yeah. What, well, what does this mean if they messed up? And I, so I think if we can all like give ourselves and give each other a little bit of grace, like, yeah. like you can admit that they messed up and you can feel conflicted about that. And that's okay. Like exactly. That's part of life. Life is exactly. messy. People make mistakes. Life is messy. I love that. And it's, you're going to have to live with those conflicting feelings yeah. <laughs> and it's not comfortable, but no. that is the place we are in. So if we can all just give each other a little grace to like allow each other to have our feelings and I agree, recognize that it's okay if someone feels icky about this. <laughs> exactly. No, I, 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 I completely agree. And I, and I, and I still think at least for this week's go round, they're going to fall in the Mormons behaving badly category. <laughs> Never oh did gosh. I think I was going to put the it's church the first in the- time ever you put, put them in the there church in the Mormons behaving badly category. <laughs> Come on, we can do better. Oh man! Well, and I have to say they are doing better because as of 2019, when this all started, and the mm. SEC said no, 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 they have filed correctly, and right? We now have the transparency that we previously did not have. So, right. and hopefully we'll just get more and more. Yeah. And, and it will be interesting to see, I mean, the, the whole whistleblower thing is still mm-hmm. not done. What, if anything is going to happen with the IRS complaint about um, not paying taxes? I, I think the church is going to be fine on that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not too worried about that one. 
All right. Well, should we talk okay. about something else other than the SEC well, stuff? Yes. The other thing that has happened over the past few weeks is there were some changes to the temple endowment ceremony at the temple. Although we think we like to call them adjustments. Adjustments. Not changes. Adjustments. adjustments. That's right. Nothing nothing earth shattering. Nothing is all it just was adjusted. All of the covenants are the same. Um anyway, Jenna Reese wrote an article about it. Um she talked about how the just the church has been kind of moving this direction yeah. since um 20 uh, when was Elder Bednar's talk? 2019. Um, when Elder Bednar gave that talk yes. in general conference where he listed the, All the, the five covenants the that you make in, in the, the temple, temple, like in a conference talk. And it's just like, there's kind of this move to be like a yeah. little more open about it. Obviously we don't, we still don't like talk, talk exactly like get specific about yeah, it. Yeah. But um, anyway, they just updated it a little, actually went finally this week. Okay. Um, by the way, temple attendance has peaked in the past two oh, weeks. Let me this, tell you. This happens every time they make a tweak. Everybody's like, oh, did you go to the temple yet? Did you go to the temple yet? Well, you know what? Here's what was really interesting about this adjustment. So I was in my office on a Tuesday and I get a text from one of the laundry workers who, who is a paid employee at the temple mm-hmm. saying, hey, uh, schedule schedule an endowment session because they made adjustments and you're going to want to go. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'd actually already scheduled an endowment session because it was our ward endowment on Saturday, our ward temple night. Mm-hmm. And so I had a temp- I had an endowment already scheduled. And so usually, I mean, you know, we get maybe 20 people in there, maybe 25 if we're lucky. Oh no, it was packed to the gills. And so it sounds like your session was packed. Too. Oh yeah, ours was packed. And I've heard, I've heard I mean, I haven't tried, but I've had yeah. friends that have tried scheduling. Yeah. Well, throughout the week, and they're like, oh, these are filling up. These are filling up so fast. And what was really <laughs> so. interesting that I thought is there was no mention of this change on the church news website. Mm-hmm. The church issued no press release. The it was just it just spread spread like wildfire spread like wildfire word of mouth word we, of mouth we are excellent at that the Tribune it's did one an of article our secret on it. superpowers exactly I don't even think the Deseret News covered it the Tribune did an article mm-hmm. on it but yeah it was it was radio silent from the church it just had to like trickle down trickle and through that trickle down so, which I was, have to say I liked the adjustments yeah you know to me. I mean, when I first went through the temple, everything seemed so disjointed Mm -hmm. and it didn't make much sense to me. Yeah. But with the adjustments that they made several years ago and the adjustments that they've made now, to me now, it seems much more cohesive than Mm -hmm. it ever has been. Right. And I really like that. Yeah, I do too. I They kind of at the beginning, they summarize the covenants you're going to make. I, I thought the same thing. I thought this would have been really good. 20 years ago or whenever I was first going through, it just flows better and you know what to expect better. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. And I have to say my favorite change, they took out the part about that laughter. So I could now laugh as loud as I want. <laughs> Jennifer's talked about that. Not that article. that really stopped me before. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Okay. All right. What is next? So our next story is, and again, this was kind of a big deal. Uh, this came from the Church News. They released this on February 15th. Uh, the First Presidency issued a directive for Easter Sunday. We are going to have sacrament meeting only. Yay! Okay, when they issued this, I was like, 
how has it never crossed my mind before that we should only be doing sacrament meetings? Every, every time Christmas falls on a Sunday is a given. Like yeah. Sacrament meeting yeah. only. Not once in my life has I has the thought ever crossed my mind, why do we not do this on Easter? But you know what? Even if you get Christmas like on a Saturday or a Monday, if you get Christmas somewhere adjacent to Sunday, That's true. you'll get the hour, you'll get the only hour on that Sunday. That is true. So, so and, and I I remember I was telling my husband when this came out, I was like, have we never done this before? We've, we've always had yeah. two hours on Sunday. And he said, yeah. But then he pointed out that probably 50% of the time Easter, Easter Sunday falls on falls conference. On conference. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're right. Yeah. It does. It does. Anyway, I love this. I love this so much. And not just because I want to get out of church an hour early, which everybody I know yeah. is like, I don't know what's wrong with us Mormons. Every time it's like one hour church. We used to do three hour church. How did we do three hour church? We feel church? like we won the lottery. <laughs> so, but it's not just about that. I was thinking about this and I was thinking, no, you know what? This has potential to really make your sacrament meeting focused exactly. on Christ. Nobody is worried about the primary lesson they have to teach afterwards. Mm-hmm. All of the focus goes into that sacrament meeting exactly. and you can come and really, really focus. So I think this is a fabulous idea. And they specifically said in their release, sacrament meeting that day provides an opportunity to feature Christ centered mm-hmm. messages and sacred music. Which I love because let me tell you, the Easter hymns, some of the Easter, the Easter oh, hymns I are like some of Easter my hymns. favorite yeah. hymns. And we never get to sing them because Christmas you sing the whole month. Yeah. But Easter you get like maybe a week. Exactly. <laughs> and if and if conference falls on an Easter, yeah. you're not singing those hymns. And yeah. those Easter hymns, some of those Easter hymns are absolutely my favorite. So I'm kind of excited about that. Yes, I am on board. Okay, next article. This also is from the Deseret News. So, Spencer W. Kimball. I would say he was before your time, but he was still pro- he was prophet at the time when you were I was born. born. So you had he was prophet from <laughs> seventy three to eighty five. So he was prophet for the first six years of your life. Yes. He was prophet from the time I was. Six until I was. He was like your prophet. He was like my prophet. Because I feel like the prophet that is the prophet when you're in high school is the one that just like really, really sticks with you. It, exactly. And maybe college. Exactly. Yeah. But here's here's the rub on that. The last few years of his life, he wasn't. He he was mm-hmm. he was kind of incapacitated. So I would say I only felt he was the prophet like maybe through my junior high years. Oh, okay. But. He was big on journal keeping. And during the time he was a prophet, he very much stressed to members of the church, please keep a journal. And this was one of those things is it wasn't do as I say, not as I'm doing. He was a very vigilant journal keeper. So once he passed away, um, his journals were retained by his family. But in 2008, they donated the collection to the church history library with the request they be prepared for public release after appropriate review. And so the church has now released those journals. Now, I didn't have the opportunity to get online and actually take a look at them, but my understanding is not only are there written stuff in there, but the journal was almost kind of like a scrapbook. Like he'd cut out newspaper articles and save little mementos and things like that, that went into his journal. And they are easily accessible because if you have a membership number, um, you can log on with a free church account to view the digitized images uh, due to copyrighted uh, copyrighted material contained in the collection from the newspaper clippings. So it is accessible with your LDS account. And I, I kind of want to go take a look at it. I think it would be really interesting to read, mm-hmm. especially around the time that he was called as prophet. 
and also what his journals had to say during the uh, revelation on blacks and the priesthood. Yeah. That so, would be interesting. Could be very interesting. Okay. We have another journal story. I know. The church is just releasing journals <laughs> just right and left. Giving everybody's journals out. Thank goodness they don't have mine. Oh my gosh. That is my nightmare. <laughs> so, I actually don't have any. The only ones I have are from junior high and high school and they are bad. Oh, that is mine. Like my children are like, mom, mom, we want to read them. I'm like, no, 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 no. you don't. I don't even want to read them. <laughs> it gives me too much angst. Yes. Okay. So this other journal that the church just published is an 1883 journal from Bell Harris. It is a prison journal. So Bell Harris was um, a 23-year-old LDS woman. She had been in a plural marriage, mm-hmm. but her marriage had ended. And now, I I'm thinking maybe her marriage ended not because she didn't right. love him anymore. That's what was my question. They didn't they didn't say cuz this was right after the they changed the, pr- the law, yeah. the plural marriage act or um and they were starting to like yes. crack down and arrest people and they didn't say if like they said it was her former husband and he had other wives, mm-hmm. but they didn't say if her marriage ended because of that or if they it was like I, a I mutual agreement. Yeah, they didn't I, say. I didn't get the impression, but this was her ex husband. That this was a that this was a contentious situation. Uh, yeah. So, for, former husband, she got sent to jail because she was called to testify before a grand jury in Utah. They were trying to convict him, uh-huh. and she refused to testify. So she got sent to jail with her baby. She had a little nursing. A 10-month-old baby. Nursing Horace. baby at the time. She took Horace to jail with her. <laughs> so she got sent to jail and she was there over the summer. I think it sounded like about four months yeah, over the summer. Yeah, May to August, I think. And um, while she was there, she kept a journal. She didn't keep a journal the rest of her life. Um, but they think that maybe she was encouraged by church leaders because she had visits from prominent church leaders yeah, while like, she was there. Like, uh, uh Oh, who was it that I saw that visited her? Oh, there were a ton. There Eliza were, Arshno visitor. Yep. There were lots of lots of those old yes, ones. Yes, Emmeline Wells. Yep. Pretty much anybody who has a building named after them in Heritage House. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, she kept this prison journal, um, and it sounds interesting. I haven't read any of it, but it is available online for you know anybody what? who wants to go read. I got online today, and I took a did look you at read it. Some? I did. It's interesting, but at the same time, it's it's somewhat hard to read because mm. her spelling is so bad, oh. and so you can't like really skim it. You have to like really look at it mm-hmm. and think about what she's trying to say. But I think how fascinating to read what right. she was going through when she was in prison. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Next article. Also, I'm kind of sad for her. I'm like, why did she go to prison? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and they were kind of perplexed that she, I mean, she just flat out refused to answer the question. Were you married to him? Right. She's like, no, I'm not answering that question. And they're like, well, we'll have to send you to jail. And she's like, I don't care. I'm not answering the question. And they were so perplexed that she wouldn't just answer the question to stay out of jail. And she's like, yeah, no, that's what makes me think that this divorce if was, it, if it were like a, a divorce divorce, she would have been like, y'all yeah, done answer your question. I, I've done out my ex-husband. She didn't want to dime him out. Cause she knew if she dimed him out, he was going to go to jail. And so I think that she had some true love for this. I guess. Gentleman. I don't know. That's kind of wild. Anyway. So and the, re- the way she got out of jail was the grand jury term expired because she was appearing in front of the grand jury. And once the grand jury term expired, they lacked the authority to re- to be able to keep her in jail. So 
All right, next story, NBA All-Stars. I don't know if y'all heard, last weekend, President's Day weekend, they went to the big SLC to play in, I don't know if it's still the Vivid Arena. I think it's going back to be the Delta Center, but I don't think it's back to being the Delta Center just yet. I think it's still the Vivid Arena. I can't keep track. So the All-Stars were in Salt Lake, and I had no idea that apparently there is a charitable arm of the NBA, because I just assumed they were always inflated hotheads making millions of dollars and cared nothing about their narcissistic, except their narcissistic selves. But apparently... (laughs) Well, they are, but they have to do this too. Apparently there are some of them. Trying to clean up their reputation. Who, uh, there is, uh, there's a charitable arm of the NBA, which is called NBA Cares. And so when they all came to town for the All-Stars, they wanted to do service. So where is the best place to do service in Salt Lake City? Ding, ding, Welfare Square. So they sent them all to Welfare Square with Elder Ronald A. Razband. So Elder Razband is sitting at Welfare Square. Oh, how did he get that job? I want to know, like, the process. Did they draw straws? Was he like, pick me, pick me, pick me? <laughs> who has to go deal with the NBA players who, and, their, who and loves, their egos? Who loves basketball the most? Like, maybe he's, like, a huge basketball fan. I have no idea. <laughs> but in any event, this was Elder Razband's assignment. Whether it was by choice or by force is unknown. So, Elder Razband is working alongside Indiana player Pacers basketball player Buddy Heald, and they were working at the Bishop's Central uh, Storehouse, and they were talking about these kits that they were assembling, and Elder Razband said he wanted to know what is an apostle. So, I was able to share with him about my calling, and he shared with me more about participating in the three-point competition Saturday night. (laughs) Nice. So they swapped some <laughs> stories. And um, so they were putting together these food and hygiene kits that were actually going to go to local f- uh, food banks and shelters in Utah to help people there. And um, before any of them, before they engaged in any of this service, all the MBA guests uh, were taken on a tour of the Bishop's Central Storehouse. And Darren Williams, who was a former NBA player for the Jazz, he was happy to be back in Utah. He brought his family to the service event. And so not only was he assembling these hygiene kits, uh, he had his family there doing that as well. And so I thought, well, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i pretty sure for those players who have never been to Welfare Square, that was probably an impressive tour. Because I highly recommend if you are in Utah or if you are visiting Utah, go do the tour of Welfare Square because it will blow you away. I've never done that. You need to go do that and take your kids you there. You can just go on a tour. You could just, you could, you can, they, I don't know how often they do the tours, but they have missionaries there who do tours oh, and I had no idea. It's really cool. Like I'll give you an example. So when I'm cleaning out my clothing, if I have something that's like stained or holy and I think, oh, well, I don't want to donate that to the DI cause it's got a stain on it or it's got a hole. No, donate it to the DI because I learned on the tour of welfare square, they take that clothing that they can't sell in the store because it's stained or ripped or teared and they actually rip it up and they make these rugs that they send out all across America. Oh, really? They they upcycle all of the material from the clothing they well, can't that's use. That's pretty cool. I leave it to the church. You I know, had no it, idea. It was really cool. So it huh. kind of gave me a whole new look on okay, I'm not going to throw something away that I can donate to the DI because the church has a purpose for it and it can be repurposed. So, and I think that's good stewardship of our resources here Mm -hmm. on this planet. That's great. All right. Okay. 
Um, last story is a quick one. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints donated a church building in Idaho Falls to the Community Food Bank. They had an old building from the 1950s that they weren't using anymore. It used to have mission offices um, for the Idaho Falls Mission, and the food bank needed a bigger building, so the church gave it to them. I I love that. that is so awesome. Love it. Love it. Okay. Sadly, this needs to happen in Eagle, Idaho. We have a little teeny tiny food bank in Eagle, Idaho, and it serves like, I don't know, 750 families a month. It serves oh. a bunch of people and they're losing their space. I didn't know that. Yes. Can and we give so them a church building? They have been struggling to find a new space to move into because the, uh -huh. the building owner that let them the space didn't charge them any rent or anything. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if he, I think he sold the building. And so now they have <gasps> to move. And so they're really struggling where to move. And so I'm like, well, do we have any extra churches right now? There's a really old icky church in Eagle. I don't go to that one, but like, <laughs> couldn't we build us a new pretty church and let the food bank have that one? It's not quite as old as the Idaho Falls Church. The Idaho Falls Church was circa 1950s. I think this one is probably circa early 70s. Uh -huh. But anyway. Oh, we got to find them an old church. We got to find them an old church. Okay, so now we are on to my favorite section, Mormons behaving badly. Now, I already did discuss one candidate for Ugh. Mormons behaving badly, but I got some more. <laughs> so you may recall several months ago, we had an arsonist here in Boise who targeted an LDS building here in Boise, and he set yes. the church on fire. Yes. Uh, he was recently sentenced. He's 22 years old. He was given... 10 years in prison with the possibility of parole after three years, but that sentence was suspended and he will serve 45 days in a community transition center. So he has some pretty severe mental health problems. They're trying to work on those mental health problems, seeing if he can integrate back into society. Uh, so he was, he was sentenced for that particular crime. And then of course, it's not a complete twin sisters update without a Daybell Vallow or Mormons behaving badly update. Segment Mormons behaving badly segment without a Daybell Vallow update by the Twin Sisters. Okay, what do you have? So, I have not seen anything new lately. Okay, well, they are five weeks away from trial. Oh my so gosh, we, it's that soon? It's that soon. Have you gotten your jury summons yet? I have not gotten my jury summons, <laughs> although <laughs> we have a listener of this podcast who lives over in the town we grew up in, Chris, <gasps> Kristen Pancarry. She has sent me a message and she's like, Tiffany. We need to go to the Daybell trial and we need to go sit there for at least one day. And I was like, oh, girlfriend, I'm so in on that. I will take a vacation day from work to go sit in the Daybell trial. Oh, so my gosh. I told her, I said, we're going to have to see how they do the public seating. Like, I don't know if this is going to be a situation where I'm going to have to go to like, a camp out at midnight. Michael Jackson trial. It, 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 it very well could be. <laughs> So I'm going to let the first few days of this trial like go and then I'm going to figure out what you're going to feel it out. What is it going to take to get a public seat sitting in that courtroom so that we can go watch the trial? Because both of us are a little hurt that as of now, the judge still is not allowing cameras or audio feed in that courtroom. However, today, East Idaho News sent a very strongly worded letter to mm -hmm. Judge Boyce saying, would you please, please, please allow a camera and, and if you're not going to allow a camera, at least allow the audio feed. And they gave a whole plethora of different options mm -hmm. that Judge Boyce should consider for letting media in the courtroom. So is he still thinking about it? Well, he's already ruled that there weren't going to be any cameras in the okay. courtroom. I don't know if that... They're just trying to change his mind. audio. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. trying to change his mind. Okay. But, th so that's one update. The other update is that 
Uh, Chad's attorney is still trying to bifurcate the trial. He doesn't want mm-hmm. to do a joint trial with Lori. He is claiming, I am not going to be ready in five weeks. Thus far, the judge isn't buying his story. Mm-hmm. We'll see as this gets closer um, because he renewed this motion. I talked about this last time. And the judge told him no. Well, he renewed it again. Mm-hmm. And the judge told him no again yesterday. And then the big ruling that came out was whether or not Chad and Lori were going to claim mental issues. Mm-hmm. Their attorneys have said they will only claim mental issues if we get to if they're found guilty and they get to the penalty phase of the trial. Because there's two phases of the mm-hmm. trial. The first phase to find out if they're guilty. And if they're found guilty, the second phase is what are we sentencing them to? And so they will plead mental health issues if they are found guilty. You can do that? You can just all of a sudden be like, oh, by the way, mental health issues. By the way, that's crazy. What? Well, you can use it as a mitigating factor as to why we shouldn't put you on death row. Because this is a death row case for both of them. (sighs) Yeah. So anyway, Mormons behaving badly. There you go. All All right. right. Favorite things, girlfriend. Okay. My favorite thing this month is a book. This oh. is this is rare for me. I'm not a big reader, but I'm in a book club and I have been for years and I'm the person that goes and never reads the book. Yes, we <laughs> and I, discussed that. I show up for the food. Did you actually read the book? I made a New Year's resolution that I'm going to read the books this year. Oh. And I have read like four already. We're not even to April yet. I've read April's book. And you read four <laughs> books this year? Here's what happened. I accidentally got an Audible subscription that I didn't oh. know I had. So then I had all these Audible credits. And then I was like, well, I'll use them on the book club books. Oh. I've cracked the code. I need to listen to a book. Oh, so instead, that's why I have to do a book too. Instead of read a book. So I've cracked the code. But I listened to this book. It was darling. Like okay. the best book I've read or listened to in a long time. It's called The Brilliant Life of Eudora Honeycutt. Okay. It is the cutest story. Listen on the audiobook because the narrator has a British accent. It takes place oh. in England. Oh, I it really is like this, this sweet story about this cranky little old lady who wants to end her life, like, you know, euthanasia uh-huh. type thing. And then she meets this quirky, sassy little neighbor girl that just like brings her so much joy. It is so oh. cute. So sweet. I loved it. Okay. Well, my favorite thing is a mop. Because you know how I feel about my floors. You and I feel similarly about our floors. We're, va- we're kind of vacuum junkies. Vacuum and mop junkies. It's really true. Now, I can use this on my floor because I have tile. You wouldn't be able to use it on your floor because you have hardwood. It is a steam mop. Now, I had the regular sharp steam shark steam mop, which was great. But I upgraded to a shark scrub and steam mop. This thing has two round disks. And the round disks like whirl around. And so you've got the round disks swirling around while the steam comes out. And let me tell you, the dirt it pulls up from my floor is beyond frightening. Wow. Now, it only came with two round disks, which I knew was not going to be sufficient. So Amazon to the rescue. And I got 10 more round disks in the mail. So How long do they, can you reuse them? Or Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you, so you use the round disk. You get it all dirty. You throw and it in the you wash. wash it. Okay. And I so so technically I have six sets of discs, mm-hmm. and I probably have like a thousand square feet of tile on the main floor of my house. You know, I've got yeah. a ton of tile on the main floor of my house. So I will use all six set of discs in doing my floor. Oh. Here's the only bad thing about the mop: after you mop for about forty five minutes, because it does take forever, because I got a lot of flo- I got a lot of tile. Oof. The mop's like, yeah, no, we're done. So it will quit <laughs> spinning. After about 45 minutes. But if you can get 45 minutes of spinning, you're going to have really clean floors. 
You're killing your mop. I'm killing my mop. But I've got clean floors. They're cleaner than they've ever been. Nice. Okay. Well, I think that does it. I think that wraps it up for episode number one. So folks, we're going to turn around and we're going to record episode number two. So if you're listening to this after you're done, start come back, back for number come two. Come back for more. We'll talk pop culture, recipes. Oh, we have a fun activity planned for episode number two. You're going to want to tune in. We brought props. We brought props. <laughs> thanks, Kim. All right. Thanks for listening. Good night. <laughs>